This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning. This is Marshall Davis. Last time I interpreted the cross, the death of Jesus by crucifixion, as an expression of non-duality. I argued that the meaning of the cross is the death of the physical and psychological self, not the theories of sacrifice and substitutionary atonement that came to dominate later Christianity. The cross, though, is just half of this greatest story ever told. Today I'm going to talk about the other half of the story, which is the resurrection of Jesus. That also points to non-dual reality. To understand the resurrection of Jesus, you have to know there are three layers to the biblical Easter tradition. It will come as a surprise to many Christians that the earliest accounts of Easter come not from the Gospels, but from the writings of the Apostle Paul, who wrote in the 50s and early 60s. The Gospels were written later in the 70s and 80s and 90s. The earliest and the only first-hand account of a resurrection appearance of Jesus in the Bible is found in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, which was written in the early 50s, a bit more than 20 years after Jesus' death. Paul starts off chapter 15 of this epistle by listing the appearances of the risen Christ to the first original apostles. But his list, by the way, is different than the appearances that we find in the Gospels. His list includes an appearance to Jesus' brother James and a mass sighting by 500 people at once, which is something you would think would be important enough for one of the Gospel writers to mention. Then Jesus says that as to one untimely born, Christ appeared also to him. Paul's account of Jesus' resurrection is important for what it omits as well as what it adds. There is no mention of angels or women coming to the tomb, these women who play such an important role in the gospel story, and specifically no mention of Mary Magdalene, who is very important in the gospels. In fact, there's no mention of the empty tomb at all. The empty tomb tradition arose later, as did the idea of a physical resurrected body, but more about that later. The earliest resurrection appearance of Jesus in the Bible is a visionary experience, not a physical encounter. In fact, Paul explicitly speaks against a physical understanding of resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul relates these Easter appearances and then moves on to explore the nature of resurrection and the longest discourse about resurrection in the Bible. Paul asks rhetorically, how are the dead raised? 
with what kind of body do they come? And then he says, what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a physical body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And he says, I tell you, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. I quote those words in almost every funeral that I have ever done. Now, you can't get clearer than this about what Paul means by resurrection. For Paul, resurrection is not physical, but spiritual. And that is affirmed in the Acts of the Apostles, which was written by Paul's traveling companion and physician Luke. Three times in the book of Acts, the appearance of Jesus to Paul on the Damascus Road is described once in the third person by the narrator Luke and twice in the first person by Paul himself. In all three cases, Paul's traveling companions at the time who were present at this resurrection appearance did not see Jesus or hear Jesus. This appearance of the risen Christ was something only Paul saw and heard. Yet, Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, adamantly says that this was a genuine resurrection appearance like the Easter appearances to the original 11 apostles. So, the earliest Easter tradition about the resurrection of Jesus is visionary. What is the meaning of this earliest resurrection tradition? Paul tells us in this resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, he says, death is swallowed up in victory. The perishable puts on the imperishable. The mortal puts on immortality. The death of this mortal form is not the end. That's what he's saying. Life goes beyond the destruction of this human body. The essence of the human is the life-giving spirit, as Paul describes the risen Christ. That's the earliest message of Easter. The second layer of the Easter tradition is the empty tomb. The empty tomb is found first in the Gospel of Mark, which is the earliest of the four Gospels, and it was written in the 70s. The original ending of Mark's gospel included no resurrection appearances. There was only the announcement by a young man at the tomb to the women that Jesus had risen. And then it goes on to say that the women who heard that announcement told no one about it. Here is the earliest gospel itself telling the reader that the empty tomb was not communicated to anyone. It was not known in the earliest years of the church. Now what is the meaning, though, of the empty tomb? Well, it's obvious. The empty tomb symbolizes emptiness. Emptiness is symbolic of non-dual reality. In another place, Jesus refers to Pharisees as whitewashed tombs 
which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In other words, Jesus was saying that the hypocritical Pharisees were like full tombs, full of death. A full tomb is a symbol of death. An empty tomb is a symbol of life. The empty tomb points to the same non-dual reality as the Chinese concept of the Tao, which is depicted as an empty circle. In fact, the symbol of the Tao looks, to me, like the entrance to a cave or an empty tomb. The Tao Te Ching compares the Tao to an empty cup that's useful only because of the empty space or house or window or door that are useful only because they're empty. An empty vessel is the symbol of Tao or eternity. The empty tomb is in that same tradition. It symbolizes the divine that is the heart of existence even after the body dies. The third and latest Easter tradition is physical bodily resurrection. This is found in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, which were written in the 80s, and it finds its fullest form in the Gospel of John, written in the 90s. So we can see that the later the Gospel, the more physical the resurrection appearances become. This risen Jesus is touched by Mary Magdalene, eats food with the disciples, and his wounds are touched by the Apostle Thomas. Yet even in these traditions, this is no ordinary body. It doesn't walk out of the tomb on Easter morning. It's simply not there when the, the stone in front of the tomb is rolled away. The risen Christ is able to walk through walls, appear behind locked doors, and disappear instantaneously and appear somewhere else. Clearly, this is no ordinary body. Another refrain in the Gospels is that Jesus' followers do not recognize this resurrected Jesus. Mary Magdalene does not recognize him in the garden. The two disciples walked with him for miles on the Emmaus Road but did not recognize his voice or his face. The apostles did not recognize him in the upper room on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. The Easter Jesus was clearly different than the pre-Easter Jesus. He takes physical but unrecognizable forms. Jesus taught something very much like this in his parable of the sheep and the goats, where he says that he is the poor, the hungry, the stranger, and the imprisoned in our midst. When did we see you poor, homeless, and hungry, and not minister to you, the people ask in the parable? And Jesus says, as you have done it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you have done it to me. In other words, the risen Christ is physically present in those who need. I think the later theological development of making the resurrection physical was also meant as a corrective to the over-spiritualizing of the gospel. We know that docetism was already gaining strength in the first century. Docetism said that Christ was not really incarnated 
as a human. It taught that the pre-Easter Jesus was not really physical. He only appeared to have a physical body. They said he did not leave footprints in the sand, for example. That he was just a spirit who looked like a physical human. The physical resurrection stories are designed as a corrective to this theology. Now, in the same way, non-duality today can easily be over-spiritualized. I often hear non-dual teachers stress the idea that this physical world is not real, that it only appears to be real, that it is illusion. Now, when properly understood, that's true. Those statements are true. This physical world is not ultimately real. It is simply a creation in time and space, a display upon our senses. And yet, to these physical bodies, this world is very real. That means that, relatively speaking, this temporal, physical world is still important. You can't just dismiss it out of hand as nothing. You can't say that the material world doesn't matter because what happens to people is important. How people are treated is important. The temporal world is important even though it is not permanent or eternal or ultimately real. We can't dismiss all the suffering and the injustice in the world. That is why compassion is so important in spiritual traditions. That is why the idea of physical resurrection of Jesus arose. It's a way of saying that the physical, including the physical body, is important. I also think that the story of the physical resurrection of Jesus is a symbolic way of saying that the non-dual life can be lived in this physical human life. That we don't have to wait till we die to be truly spiritually liberated. We can be free now in this physical life. We can be awake now to non-dual reality now is Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand which is just a variation of what Ram Das told us so many decades ago be here now so all three layers of the Easter tradition point to non-dual truth together they are the non-dual meaning of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that is it for today Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. 
Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.